Hi, I'm Tess Vinkland, and welcome to episode two of my new podcast, COVID Chronicles. On CBS This Morning earlier this week, uh, Gail King asked Trevor Noah, who's doing The Daily Show from his home in New York City, if it's okay to find humor in all this, if it's okay to laugh during these times. I remember exactly this question being asked after 9-11. In fact, I did a story for Marketplace where I interviewed the producers of The Will and Grace Show about how you write a comedy in the midst of immense tragedy. And I remember them saying exactly what Trevor Noah said this week, that laughing is saying, hey, we're still human beings. We still have a reason to live. And we've got to take it seriously, but it's also not the end of the world. He also noted that people are searching for human interaction and genuine connections right now. So I hope he might listen to this little show because that's what it's all about. There's plenty of news out there to freak you out right now, and rightly so. But I'm also craving stories of just how regular people are finding their way through this seismic shift in how we live. We've been living under a stay-at-home order here in Oregon for about five days now, and I myself haven't gotten terribly creative yet, except, I guess, for this podcast, which I will admit is mostly an effort to keep me busy and not reading the news all day. I only leave to grab fresh produce at the market and... Almost every day, my mom and I go for a walk outside for about an hour, keeping good distance from others who are doing the same. If you can do that, do it. It might be the best hour of your day. So yeah, that's not creative, but it's something. But today we're going to hear how two other Americans, well three actually, found ways to bring light into heavy times. For Posey Quarterman, light is how she usually makes a living, photographing family portraits. A few days ago, she used what photographers call golden hour, that gorgeous light before sunset, to bring joy to her neighborhood here in Portland. How are you doing? <laughs> That's a loaded question these days, huh? Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I vacillate between enjoying what feels like the life of a retired <laughs> person and absolute panic and anxiety and I think that's you know sort of how everybody's feeling right like everybody who gets to stay home I realize there are people who have to go to work and that's a little different but as far as the day-to-day it's kind of lovely having my family around all day and no obligations. So you're a photographer and one way that you've decided to cope with all this is, um, well, what I'll hand it over to you. Why don't, why don't you tell us what your project has been and where the idea came from? Okay. Maybe a week and a half ago, um, another photographer who I know in Massachusetts named Kara Saulia started a project called the Front Steps Project. And she emailed out, you know, a bunch of her clients and said, I will come photograph you from 10 feet away on your front steps in exchange for a good faith donation to the local food bank. And she set up, you know, like a GoFundMe or something for it. Uh, Not knowing when I would have my camera on another family again was really daunting. And so when I saw that she was doing this, I, uh, 
I jumped right on it. It was sunny out in Portland, and I created a quick web page and said, you know, before it starts raining next week, let's do this. And I just texted it to a few neighbors because I wanted to be able to do it on foot. And it was, you know, overnight. I had 16 families signed up, and I photographed them over two days, five minutes apiece, just standing in front of their house. Um, and it was really, really fun. Do you think that you could stand for me over by where your mom's knee is? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Oh, scrunching in works too. Eli, what's the dog's name? Leroy. Leroy, that's a good name. And who's older, you or Leroy? Leroy's older. He's your big brother. Does he let you kiss him? No. Can you describe kind of that moment when you walk up to the house and obviously they're expecting you, but what what's that like for you in this time of such just weirdness? What is what has that done for you and what, what do you think it did for them? It was interesting because I all you know, I'm used to walking up to families' houses, but I usually knock on the door and drop my bag and squat down at the kids level and start talking to them and my whole way of approaching it you know had to be thrown out the window so I texted them to say I'm you know walking up to your house and it was hard for the kids not to hug me <laughs> or give me high fives um, to be shouting from a sidewalk is just a little bit different <laughs> than my normal but what it gave I think myself and the families was just a feeling of togetherness in a time when we all feel very isolated and like I said, a distraction from, you know, what's going on and just sort of a time for them to focus on the positive part of this, which is being with your family. Um, I think I kind of want you in here. So if you stand across from me, sort of between me and the camellia. Okay, now I want you guys on the uh, porch steps. That's perfect. What are you most kind of fearful of right now? most worried about and how do you get yourself through that fear well I mean the health stuff aside right like obviously this is pretty scary and I keep making the mistake of reading articles that describe people in my age group or my child's age group getting sick from it and getting really sick and it's terrifying so that's probably the greatest fear for me is how this is going to pan out internationally health-wise for people but financially you know we're in a very precarious place I'm self-employed I'm self-employed doing a job that you generally have to interact with people to do and I it's a somewhat of a luxury you know if people's finances are a mess at the end of this as I predict they will be you know they're not going to necessarily be prioritizing family photos so I have this yeah is my business going to be standing on the other end of it and then the way I get out of that is I've built a really strong business and I've made a name for myself and I've become an industry leader and I run a conference and I teach online and I have different sources of revenue and I'll figure it out. I've figured it out up to this point. And so that's sort of how I pull myself out of it is like, I can't panic right now because there's just no way to know what's going to happen.
And so I'm just going to ride it out like everybody else. None of us know what's going to happen. So I just try to calm myself down that way. And, you know, around five o'clock, I pour a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. Sometimes I don't wait till five. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was thinking, Posey, you're lying when you say that. It's not always five o'clock these days. Well, Posey, thank you so much for speaking with us and stay healthy. Thanks. You too, Tess. Thanks so much. This was fun. That was 43-year-old Posey Quarterman here in Portland, Oregon. And my thanks to her kiddo who used their iPhone to record all that wonderful sound of her interactions with her clients because, well, I couldn't. That's a sound engineer in the making there. Anthony Durante and Tara Eames got engaged last year. They live in Devon, Pennsylvania. He's 49, she's 46. They originally set their wedding date for March 21st of this year. Then a few weeks ago, they postponed it for reasons having nothing to do with COVID-19. As the crisis started to snowball globally and then locally for them, they made what a lot of people would consider a tough decision. But for them, it was easy. We started watching how rapidly things were changing. And I think we started talking about what would happen if one of us got sick and to a point where they were incapacitated. You know, we've been domestic partners legally for a while. But trying to get to, like, what did that really mean in the event, you know. It's the worst you know, worst case scenario. And it was like, okay, well, it just makes a lot of sense if we're married because there's going to be a lot fewer hoops either one of us has to jump through to, you know, make calls for medical and, and medical choices and things like that. We wanted the chance to be able to take care of each other yeah. if the need arose. And there, it wasn't like we were waiting for something in particular, we already knew we wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. You know, we love each other very much. And and then combined with seeing the courthouses start to close and how fast things were changing. We made a decision, I think, on Monday night that we would try to get a license on Tuesday. And Pennsylvania has a self-uniting marriage license option, which requires no efficient and you only need two witnesses. And on Tuesday morning, we got up and our county courthouse and the next courthouse over and the next, they were all closed to the public, but a courthouse about an hour away, they were still open. We gathered our documents and drove an hour and got the self-uniting license. When we got up on Wednesday, we saw the news that Pennsylvania had closed all of the courthouses in the state. So we really got that license just under the wire. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I'd have to verify, but there's probably a really good chance that we got the last marriage license in Lehigh County. In Lehigh County, yeah, probably, (laughs) because it was dead at the courthouse. No one was there. So tell me about your wedding. Well, it was amazing. It was was beautiful. Um, We had originally wanted a small wedding. Um, We were going to get married in Tara's sister's backyard, and it was just going to be immediate family and a couple of very close friends. But as we started thinking about you know, we didn't want to just do it by ourselves. And then we started talking about, oh, maybe we can do something online and we can bring, you know, our immediate family in and some of our friends. We got the Zoom account and it was like, oh, we can invite 100 people. And we just started kind of expanding it. We just thought it would be really... I love that the wedding got bigger <laughs> because you were doing it on Zoom. <laughs> it just got to the point where, like, it's been a 
dark few weeks and yeah we just thought it would bring a little bit of happiness and joy and hope to kind of our friends and our acquaintances and our colleagues yeah at one point i think there was 140 or so people signed in but yeah, yeah it was just you know we set up the house and we got dressed up and <laughs> there was very little planning tests there was <laughs> yes. the day before i said here's my to-do list pick a wedding outfit clean the wedding venue <laughs> which is your house which <laughs> is our house train the ring bearer which was the cat and then, <laughs> and then what was the other? i can't remember we had to write our vows oh, we had to chill our bottle of we had to chill a bottle of champagne like it this was very i mean we've both just said how perfect it felt and yeah it was very genuine it was very us it was a very short and sweet ceremony where we said you can log in around three and so there were lots of people chitter chattering and at one point I didn't realize that the camera was on and I came downstairs in a robe and, and Sam or Anthony said, they can see you. And I said, oh God. And I ran back up the stairs. The ceremony was basically us saying, thank you for being part of this. And we read our vows. My dearest Tara, today is one of the most, today is one of the most special days of our lives. Little did I know that a random date on a Sunday in November would change my life as it was, and I, as I thought it would reveal itself in the coming months. <clears throat> as we sipped wine and then shared dinner and then a, lad, a last drink, we unabashedly Anthony, my love. When we first met, I wasn't sure if my scarred heart was capable of loving someone wholly and deeply. I was scared, but you showed me what real love is like. You were so patient with me and so understanding. Hey. Let's hold it up. We will. So, so by the power vested in us, by the right. state of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. we, we are, are our husband, our and, husband wife. and wife. Yay. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> Cheers. Congratulations. congratulations. Um, how does it feel to start your marriage at this point in time and in this way hmm. that's an interesting question i feel like a phrase that has been rattling around in my head and that we both have said since tuesday is that love is stronger than fear yeah. And and I think we both believe that very strongly. No matter what's going on, if it's if it's coronavirus, I mean, we were talking to my aunt the other night to tell her, hey, we're doing this on Saturday. <laughs> she reminded me that um, her parents, my grandparents, were married very hastily um, right after Pearl Harbor was bombed. They were sent out there to help rebuild. And my grandfather went out there first, and then she went out there, and they were married with none of their family present um, in kind of similar circumstances and, you know, a lot of fear. And, and I think that we just, in a similar way, love is stronger than just about anything else in this world. And, Absolutely. and I'm just really happy that we'll get to spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah. It's an interesting time to be in the world for anything, not, not just about starting a marriage. I mean, this is, this is a time of such anxiety and fear, but it's also a time, I think, when people will fill that with um, hope and creativity and 
that kind of prevailing optimism that how are we going to shape our world together? Because whatever comes after this is going to be brand new. We won't be the same world and we won't be the same people we were before. And how do we want to be part of shaping that? And I'm really glad that I get to do that with you. I'm so glad. That was Tara and Anthony Durante speaking from their home last weekend, the day after their wedding. And shortly after returning from a socially distanced trip to Home Depot, which right now is pretty much the most newlywed thing ever. All right, that's the show. I'm calling this episode All's Fair in Love and Pandemics. Next time, I don't know what next time. Well, I do have a daily diary of a cat, but send me your stories of how you're coping. What are the creative solutions you're coming up with to get through this time? Share your journal entries, your poetry. Let's put your kids on the line to talk about how they're getting through this. Share how you're moving through this world right now. I'm Tess Vigland, and this is COVID Chronicles. You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All my DMs are open. Or at radiotess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay healthy.